Good morning, everyone. I, too, greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be back home. We were gone last week. Debbie and I were in California, and we uh, had some meetings to attend, but we also had a, an opportunity to see our son, who we dropped off in college about a month ago, and uh, some of you know him, Micaiah, and uh, he's doing very well in college, his first year in college, so um, he's not homesick yet. So keep praying, not for him, but pray for me. No, but God is good. But it is good to greet you this morning. It's good to be back home. It's good back to be in the presence with family and friends. And uh, the Lord is good, and he's already been here as we've worshipped him this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you because you are a great God, a loving God, a God who forgives us, a God who provides for us. We thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, for the next few moments, as we take a look into your word, I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and open our minds and help our spirits to be, to be receptive to the moving of your Holy Spirit in our midst this morning. We do love you and we praise you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Well, I congratulate you for being here this morning in church because the football season has started, the NFL season, and I don't know what you're doing here this morning, Tony, but uh, are, is that the New Orleans Saints, I mean? It's the New Orleans. Stand up. All right. Well, you are a saint. Well, the football season has started, and it started last week, and uh, it's interesting because I saw a few of the games last week, and I realized that some of the teams were missing some of their star players. For instance, my wife's favorite team, the Denver Broncos. They, uh, their star quarterback, who's been an all-star for many years, Peyton Manning, he retired last year, so they didn't have, uh, their quarterback was a rookie. But amazingly, their team won. Their team won last week. Any New England Patriot fans? Well, one. One. You're a brave soul, young man. You're a brave soul. Well, you know, their star quarterback, serving time in jail. No, he's a, he didn't play either, Tom Brady. But miraculously, they won last week, right? They won. I heard their second-string quarterback got injured today. But, uh, and then, any Minnesota Viking fans out here? A few? A few? You know, you, uh, you lost your starting quarterback a few weeks ago to a season-ending injury. But amer- amazingly, they won their game. So even without their star players, the teams won their game. And that's what I like about football, because it's a team game. It's a team game, and it takes a team effort to win and to be victorious. You know, I can't win by myself. I can't even compete by myself. That's why I need others. That's why I need teammates. That's why I need other people around me. So that together, as a team, we can win. And we can be victorious. And it's like that in our Christian walk. The journey that we're all on. And we're all on a journey, aren't we, in our Christian walk. It's impossible for me to accomplish God's purposes on my own. I need others. It's impossible for me to be all that God wants me to be on my own. I need God's family. I need a Christian community to be a part of, to fulfill God's purposes for my life. And I believe that we are better off together than being alone. Now, I realize 
that this goes counter to what many of us have been brought up with. We live in the Western world. We live in America. We have that mindset. But it's the exact opposite of what we've been taught our entire lives. You see, in America, we've been taught that independence is what it's all about. Our nation was founded on the Declaration of Independence. We can become the self-made man, the self-made woman. We think of the pioneer, the cowboy, the astronaut, the scientist pushing the limits, the athlete breaking all the records, going where no person has gone before. We think of the ego-crazed celebrity, where they say, I don't need anybody to help me. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. And we've been taught to think that success and happiness is the result of being independent. And while independence can have its perks, it's unfortunately not a part of God's plan. And therefore, we're seeing the results of where independence is leading us in our country and in our communities. It's leading to isolation. It's leading to loneliness, to depression, to greed. And to be perfectly honest, we tend to become more self-absorbed, caring less about others or even about God himself. And eventually, independence leads not to happiness, but to emptiness and a lack of fulfillment. Why? Because as believers, we're not doing what God placed us on this earth to do. You know, we find the greatest fulfillment and the greatest sense of purpose and meaning when we simply love God and love others. Amen. That's all God wants us to do, is just to love him with all our heart or mind or soul and strength and to love my neighbor as myself. So you see, independence is not God's answer. I believe God's answer for us is community. It's Christian community. It's interdependence, where we depend on other people, and other people depend on us. If you have your Bible, turn to our scripture this morning. It's found in the book of Romans. That's in the New Testament. We're going to look at this one verse, Romans chapter 12. One verse, verse 5. I'd encourage you to bring your Bibles to church, whether it's an actual Bible or a virtual Bible. There's a lot of Bible apps you can get on your on your smartphone, but I encourage you to do that so that you can carry around the Word of God, not just in your heart, but on your person as well. So you have the verse up here before us, and what I want us to do, you can see it up on the screen, I want us to read this verse together. Let's read it together. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Let's read it one more time together, all right? Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Each of us needs all the others. I want you to do something this morning. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, look them in the eye and say, you need me. Turn to another person, look them straight in the eye and say, you need me. All right, there you go. Now I want you to turn to the first person and say, I need you. All right? And turn to the other person and say, I need you. I want you to all turn to Tony right down here in the front, the New Orleans St. Church. And you say, everybody say, you need me. 
And you tell Tony, I need you. you. All right. That's true. Whether you realize it or not, we do need each other. God wired you and me. He wired all of us in such a way that we can only fulfill his purposes for our lives when we're in community, in the context of family. We say in Hawaii, ohana, in relationship to one another. You see, it's impossible. I believe it's impossible to accomplish all of what God has designed for us without other Christian believers playing a part in the whole thing. And so for the next several weeks, for the next several weeks in our, in our worship services, both the 8 o'clock and the 10 o'clock service, we're going to look at why we are better off together than alone. And, what, and what, why God says that we need to be in community. In community. You know, now the Bible calls our spiritual life, it's called our walk, our walk with the Lord. And throughout Scripture, we see it. You can see up on the board, it says, walk in the light. We're, not to, we're to walk in love and to walk, walk in the truth. We're to walk in obedience to God. We're to walk as Jesus walked. But why use that word walk? Well, because I believe life is not just something that you sit around, you veg out on the couch. But life is a journey. It's a journey And we're meant to be always moving, always moving. And I hope moving forward, I hope that we're always growing in our faith, in our walk with the Lord, in our relationship with the Lord, in our relationship with other peoples, in our relationship to this broken and hurting world. So it's a walk. It's something that's alive. It's dynamic. And there's a destination we get to. So imagine, imagine your life as a journey. And we're, walking, and we're walking on this journey. Let me ask you a question. Do you have anyone walking with you? Do you have anyone walking with you? Yeah. You know, on Friday night, I had a chance to go to Chinatown, and we were with some of the Rev High students. And we actually, Bram and Rick and I, and a few other people in the business community, we actually slept. We slept at the state capitol rotunda. Wow. Slept on the concrete with the cardboard box. And uh, we experienced what it was like to be homeless. But we were out on Friday night, and I know the Rev High students were out there Saturday night as well, but we were walking and we were handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And our route was on Hotel Street. It's about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Friday evening. And we were there, yes, to hand out a sandwich, but more to connect with people. Just let them know that they're loved. And we were walking. And Carlos, is Carlos here? He was part of our group. And we got lost, right, Carlos? Sort of. But it was good because as we were walking, I wasn't by myself. I wasn't by myself. We had other people walking. I felt a lot more comfortable when there were other people with me walking in a, a new and in a strange and maybe sometimes an unfriendly place. So you see that I ask you the question, do you have anyone walking with you? on your life journey. Hopefully Jesus is walking with you because you've asked him into your life. But I'm talking about other people. Do you have someone else in your life? It could be a spouse or Christian friends or a small group of people walking with you, going through life with you, doing life together. God never intended for us to walk this walk alone. He wants to walk with us. 
And he intends other Christian believers to walk alongside of us. Now, some of you may say, well, what's wrong with walking alone? I like to walk alone. I prefer to be by myself. In fact, in fact, other people slow me down. They bother me. They don't see the things the way I see them. Well, remember, God's primary goal for our life is to learn to love God and to learn to love each other. And we cannot learn to love without walk, walking with others on this journey. So he says, I want you to practice learning to love, and I'm going to give you others to walk with you. So for the next few moments this morning, I'm going to give you a few reasons, a few reasons why we need other Christians to walk with us in this journey that we call life. If you have your bulletin with you on the back, you can see some of the sermon notes. There's an outline, and you're welcome to use that and fill in the blanks as we get to that portion. But what are some reasons that we need other Christians to walk with us on this journey we call life? Number one, we need someone to keep us going when we want to quit. We need someone to keep us going when we want to quit. We all need others to prod us forward in our walk because there will always be days, there will always be weeks, perhaps even months, when we feel tired, when we feel like giving up, and we don't feel like being loving, and we don't feel like doing good. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. To spur one another on in love towards good deeds. And if we're going alone, there's no one there to spur us along. There's no one there to keep us going, to keep us moving forward. There's no one there to encourage us. There's no one there to inspire us. And we all need that. We all need that. You know, the Olympics recently happened this past summer. And you heard a report from our mission team that went to Rio for the Olympics. And they gave a wonderful report. But I recall watching the Olympics this past summer. And in particularly the, uh, the long distance running. And as I was watching them run, I was reminded of an old African, a Zambian proverb. And this is what it says, and you can read it up there. It says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. You know, in the Bible, Paul says that we're running a race to receive the prize for which God is calling us heavenward in Christ Jesus. So it's not about how fast you run. Lots of us want to run fast. We want to live life in the fast lane. We want to go for the gusto and enjoy all the pleasures that this world affords. And we want to live that fast life. But in our Christian journey, it's not how fast you run, but how far you run it and making it, and getting to the finish line to hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, our finish line is with God. And when others run with us, we keep encouraging each other, and it keeps us focused on what, is, what God has us to do here. I'm part of this uh, physical exercise group. doesn't look like it, but I am. And there's about six or seven of us in this group, and we have a personal trainer, and we meet with her twice a week. She makes us do all kinds of things. And if I was just there by myself, I would probably have quit a long time ago. But because there's other people that are doing the same things I'm trying to do, and they're encouraging me. And when I have to hold a plank for a minute or two, 
I see the other guys trying to hold a plank as well, when we're doing lunges or whatever other exercise we do. But we're all in it together, and it encourages me. It helps me. It keeps me going when I feel like quitting. So you see, in our Christian walk, in our life's journey, we need someone to keep us going when we want to quit. And those are other believers around us. Let me give you the second reason. Another reason why we need to have other Christians in our life. We need other Christians, why? To watch our backs. To watch our backs. That's what Carlos was doing the other night. He was watching my back and I was watching his. I need people who will watch my back, who will look out for me, defend me, who will protect me, who will stand up for me when I need somebody to stand up for me. Philippians 2, chapter 4, says this. It says, look out for one another's interests, not just for your own. Look out for someone else's interests, not just for your own. Now that's a tough statement in today's world because we live in such a self-centered world, don't we? We hear it all the time. Maybe we even say it. Hey, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's about my needs. It's about my interests. It's about my agenda. It's about my happiness. And there's a word. Some of you may know this word. It's called, it's called a selfie. Do you guys know what selfies are? We all know what selfies are, right? Just think of what that word means. It's all about myself. I have to be in the picture. Now, I have to admit to you, I'm prone to that as well. You know, we... Um, we were fortunate to travel to, to Paris uh, last summer. And so when you're in Paris, you want to look and see and take pictures of the Eiffel Tower. So I did. So look at this picture of the Eiffel Tower. And whose big head is in the way? Yeah, look at that. And then last year we went to, we went to a conference in Memphis, Tennessee, and we went to visit Graceland. We went to visit Elvis. Look, and his big guitar, but... Look, whose face is that in front of there? It's blocking half of Elvis. <laughs> Selfies. We all, you know, we live in that kind of a world. And then here's, I have a third picture here. This might scare you. No. Oh. I was undergoing a sleep test. And if any of you have ever gone on a sleep test, they put all these wires, a few of you, wires and tubes and all these cords and all over you, and try, you try to sleep with all that stuff on. But here I was, laying in bed, and what was I doing? I was trying to find my camera so I could take a picture. <laughs> Selfies, right? We live in that kind of world. And yet the Bible says, and we'll go back to that verse, that Bible says, look out for one another's interest and not just for your own. So how are we watching out for other people? You know, in the military, many of you are in the military here, they take that very seriously. You watch your fellow soldiers back, and they watch yours. They cover you, and you cover them. They make sure to watch your back to protect you from the enemy. And we have an enemy out there who is aiming for us. And his name is Satan, and he hates us. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when I think of the enemy, when I think of Satan, I think of the three Ds. There's three Ds when I think about him. He wants to defeat us. He wants to defeat us. And if he can't defeat us, he'll discourage us. He'll discourage us. And if he can't discourage us, 
He'll dis- distract us. He'll distract us and get our eyes off focus. That's the enemy. And the enemy wants to mess up your life. He wants to make you totally ineffective. He wants you to miss out on God's will and God's purpose for your life. He's planning how to get you to to waste your day. He's planning how to get you to get angry. He's planning how to get you to get impatient, to get lustful, to get worried, to get fearful, to get depressed. That's his job. And he's going to try whatever works on you, on you. So let me ask you this question. Do you have anybody looking out for you? Who has your back? Who's going to help you avoid falling into the enemy's traps? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We all have blind spots. We all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses. We all have areas we are, where we are prone to fall into temptation. And if we try to go it alone, we will be more likely to stumble and fall. But when we have a few trusted Christian friends that we are close to, we, who can be honest with us, they can hold us accountable to our weaknesses and help steer us in the right direction and do it with love and grace and compassion. Proverbs fifteen twenty two says this. It says, with a multitude of counselors, there is success. Why? Because they help prevent us from making dumb decisions in our lives. A Christian friend can tell you if you're walking in the wrong direction and help steer you back on course. So the question, who's watching your back right now, spiritually? And whose back are you watching out for? You can't expect someone to watch out for you if you're not willing to watch out for someone else. So you see, that's another reason that we need Christian people in our lives. We need other Christians to watch our back. So let me give you a third reason this morning. Another reason why we need Christians in our lives. We need someone to pick us up when we fall. We need someone to pick us up when we fall. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If one person falls... The other can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. So who do you have to pick you back up when you've fallen? When you've blown it? And we all blow it. We're all human. The church is meant to be a place where we are encouraged and picked up when we are weak, when we stumble, and when we fall. And they say the church is not a hotel for perfect people, but it's a hospital for sinners for fallen, for broken people. And we don't treat each other the way cowboys treat their horses when they fall and when they break their leg. What do they do when their horses break a leg? They shoot them, right? They shoot the horse. But we aren't here to shoot our own injured, but we're here to lift them up and get them back up on their feet. And we need to be a place of grace. We say an ohana of grace. We all need to be encouraged as we travel this journey of life. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And the writer of Hebrews says this as well, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Now, I don't know you, I don't know about you, 
but I need people to encourage me in my daily walk. I do need people to encourage me. And I look around and I see some of you who encourage me every time I see you. Every time I see Paul, he encourages me. When I see John or Danny or Bruce, they encourage me. When I see Ben and Charlotte, they encourage me. I need people to encourage me in my daily walk. And I know you do as well. Each and every one of us need people to encourage us. And in turn, we need to be encouragement to other people. And that's why it's so important for us to be part of this authentic Christian community. Because we need that. That's like our daily sustenance to be encouraged as we go on through life. So we need someone to encourage us and pick us up when we fall. And then, thank you for being patient this morning. I'm with my last point here. Another reason why we need other Christians around us. Here's the last point this morning. We need others to celebrate and to weep with us. We need other Christians to celebrate and to weep with us. What am I talking about here? I'm I'm talking about the ups and downs of life. I don't know about you, but I love Hawaii. I love living in Hawaii because it seems like we're always celebrating one thing or another. It could be a birthday or a wedding or or an anniversary, or, or a high school graduation, or, or even a promotion at work. And we love to celebrate. And there's always food, and there's always fun, and there's always laughter. But I know it wouldn't be a lot of fun if there was no one there to celebrate with me. And so we need others in our lives to celebrate the good times, those milestones in our life as we do life together. But on the other hand, We also need someone to be with us during those sad and those tragic times in our lives. And let's be honest, at some point, you are going to have a crisis in your life. Some of you have already been through a number of crises. But that's the way it is. It's inevitable. You or perhaps someone in your family may experience health issues. Many of you have experienced cancer and other types of illnesses. Maybe there's been a death in the family, or family conflicts, or divorce, or maybe financial difficulties. But you know what? God never promised that we would escape any crises, even if we follow him. But he did give us a spiritual family to be with us during those tough times. And God never intended for us to go through any of these tough times alone. And in the Bible, it talks about the church as a body that's connected together, working together, and Romans 12, 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. In other words, when we have our ups and our downs, we go through this together as a family. You see, when I'm waiting to hear the bad news from the doctor, I need people in my life who will hold my hand, who will support me, and so do you. When I'm having difficulties in my marriage, I need people in my life who will love me and support me and pray for me and give me sound biblical counsel. And so do you. God wants us to be part of his family so we might be there to not only celebrate the good times but to also be available to help each other when we're going through those tough and trying and difficult times. Perhaps right now you need to be the one who's available to offer a shoulder for someone to cry on, to have the ministry of presence and to weep with someone else, provide a meal or two, to write a note or a card or a letter. 
First Corinthians says, if one member of the body suffers, we all suffer together. We're not meant to face the crises of life alone. You need a support network in your life right now because you don't know when that crisis is going to come. So the time to prepare is now. Well, this morning I've given you some reasons why we need other Christians in our life. And there are a lot more reasons, but I only have time for four. And as I think of those things, you don't find those kinds of relationships that I've described. Someone who's going to be there to encourage you on. Someone who's going to be there to watch your back. Someone that's going to be there to pick you up when you stumble and fall and still love you unconditionally. Someone who's going to be there in the good times as well as the bad times. You won't find those kinds of relationships, that authentic Christian community, by just coming into church here on a Sunday morning for worship. You see, you can come to church every week for your whole life and still not have that kind of relationship. It only happens when you decide to get to know a few other Christians in a smaller, more informal setting. And I'm really kind of envious of of Revolution Hawaii because that's what they're doing for this next year. They're living in a community with other believers. They're doing life together, going through the ups and the downs, the good times, the trials, the difficulties. They're going to iron things out as they look into the Word of God and to the power of the Holy Spirit and they lean on each other. That's authentic community. And unfortunately, many of us don't have that opportunity. But we still need to do that, and we need to find ways to find that sense of authentic Christian community where we can learn to work together and love together and serve together. And that's why I'm encouraging each and every one of you, if you're not already involved, to be involved in a small group that meets weekly or regularly. It could be a Bible study, an Ohana group, a small group. You see, you can't learn about Christian community without being in a Christian community. You've got to experience it to learn it. And we believe in the concept of small groups. Why? Because we want you to grow. As you go through life, your life's journey, we don't want you to be alone. We want you to grow and develop your walk with the Lord. Develop your walk with other people. Develop your avenue of ministry and purpose and calling to serve the Lord. And there's no better way to do that than with a few other believers, working together, ministering together, serving together. I'm going to ask Matt to come to the piano, and we're just going to close in a few minutes. But I would encourage you to pray about that, to think about your own spiritual walk, your own journey in life. How are you doing? Are you growing in your walk with the Lord? Are you thriving? Are you developing your faith? How about your service to the Lord? God calls each and every one of us for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. And he's saying, I need you to do this. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about your own walk, your own journey, as we journey on to the final destination. Remember, it's not how fast we run, but it's how far. And I would, I would 
suggest to you and hope that you would consider for your own sake, for your own spiritual condition, to consider the things that have been said this morning. I want you to think about it and pray about it as the worship team sings this morning. If you need to come to the place of prayer as they sing, you know that our altars are always open, available. Whatever needs you may have in your heart, whatever burdens, whatever concerns you may have, you know you can come freely and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Let's pray together. I'd like to pray for you this morning. If there's a need in your heart, concern, just want to slip up your hand. I'll be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Amen. Yes, Lord bless you. Many hands are being lifted up. God bless you. I see those hands. Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And as we raise our hands, we say, God, I, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. And God says, you're right. You've come to the right place. And so, Heavenly Father, I just lift up to you all of our burdens and all of our concerns. And Lord, you know every heart in this place. You know every heartbeat. You know the concerns. You know the worries. You know the frustrations that we have. You know the burdens that weigh us down. And yet, Lord, we know that we can come to you. We come to you trusting and believing in you. That you are a God who loves us. That you are a faithful God. That you are a God who cares for us. And sometimes, Lord, you care for us even more than we care for ourselves. And Lord, you want the very best for our lives. And so, Lord, we just come in faith, believing, asking. Help us, Jesus. So, Father, for those needs that are represented this morning, I pray, Father, that you would touch your hearts. I pray that at this very moment, you would make your presence known to them. For whatever their needs may be, whether it's for themselves or a loved one or a friend or for a need in the world, you know our hearts and you know our minds, Lord. And so, Lord, come to us. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would minister to us, to our spirit right now. I pray, Father, that within our own spirits and within our own minds that you would give us a sense of your peace, that we can have peace because we know, Lord, that you are ultimately in control. And so, Father, I pray that there would be a sense of peace, the peace that passes all understanding and all comprehension, the peace that will guard our hearts and guard our minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you all. I'm going to have Bram come up, and he's already on his way up. But let me just, let me just finish a couple of things real quick. If I can get that last slide up there. You can stay here, Bram. Bram was my partner as well on Friday night, being led by Carlos. But let me just finish. We have that last slide up there, Lena. And there's just a few things I want you to do, just to kind of reinforce what's been said this morning. And you're going to hear more about this in the days to come as well. But the first thing, as I said, is get involved in a small group. Check out our bulletin. Uh, we have some small groups happening. Um, we're going to start a few more. But get involved. But check it out. If you're not comfortable in a certain group that you get plugged into, it's okay. You can move on to another group. 
But don't give up. Keep trying because it's so important to be connected and to keep connected. And then the second thing, if you'd like to start your own group, uh, most of you know Matt. He's on the piano this morning. But we recently brought Matt on, Matthew Baugh, as our equipping and discipleship director. And that's part of his job. That's his primary purpose, to make sure that we are being equipped, that we are growing in our faith and in our walk with Jesus Christ. And Matt can help you start a group, give you training, provide all the help and materials that you need to make it happen. And then the third thing, if you're already part of a group, if you're already part of an existing group, that's wonderful. But let me tell you, it's real easy for an existing group to become shallow and to become superficial and not get below the surface. And the most important thing you can do the next time you meet as a group is to really reaffirm what it means to be an authentic Christian community and make sure that it's happening. So again, I would encourage you and I would ask you to consider and to pray. If you're not already plugged in to a small group, think about it, pray about it, and talk to us if you have any questions. But thank you.